0: Up. welcome back to a pot of their own listeners this is episode 88 of a pot of their own i am allison McCaig and i am joined this week by my lovely co-host linda servich hello linda hey allison just the two of us this week, but we have plenty to talk about, so we will make up for it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so um, I, I figured we'd open the show this week. Um, we're talking about the Mets a little bit. Um, the most prominent thing other than, you know, what went on on the field in the past week, which was some pretty good baseball, to be honest, Um we did want to mention, and this actually, in in true apato fashion, this happened like right after we recorded our yep. last episode last week. Um, I was like, oh, of course, like something relevant to the show would happen right after we finished recording. That tends to happen. Um, like we recorded the podcast on Tuesday night, um, last week, and literally right after that um later that night because the game was the game was uh, the, they were on the west coast this week so it was a late night game so re- after we recorded the podcast um marcus stroman was pitching um in a game against the diamondbacks and bob Brenly, the diamondbacks broadcaster made a racist remark about marcus stroman during the game and it was it was a very odd the whole thing was very odd um because it was just completely unprompted what he said and he called it quote a poor attempt at humor that was insensitive and wrong. And I was like, what was the joke you were making? I'm very confused. Cause it was basically like, um, Stroman was wearing a do rag as he does pretty much every time he pitches. And, um, and Bob Brenly said something like, are those the same do rags that Tom Seaver used to wear when he was on the Mets? And it was like, what prompted you to say that? And look at his and the
1: color guy or the other guy said nothing like he didn't react at all to him to his credit like he didn't feed into the racism
0: yeah like I think he was I think his I mean I don't know much about I mean I we do know that Bob Brenly. has a history of making these sorts of comments because he also made um, a coded remark about Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, was a, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, um, but he talked about the, quote, bike chain hanging around his yes. neck. Um, and so, like, this isn't the first time that he's made a disparaging remark like this that's racially coded.
1: And I, when I was researching him, too, he was the one that started the uproar about Manny Machado putting down his bat. Oh, boy. There, there was a whole big thing, like, he got a hit, and then he just put his bat down. I, you must
0: remember it. Yeah,
1: I remember. Yeah, when he, and then he got a hit and just put his bat down, and Bob Friendly went off! And people are like, what are you going off about? He just put his bat down! Yeah,
0: yeah. So, like, this like, is just- went off about him
1: disrespecting the game.
0: It's like, how? <laughs> this is just, like, old white dude shit. <laughs> like, that <laughs> it's just- it's nonsense. And- um, and I know that he, we, so we know he ha- in particular has a history of doing this. I don't know about his partner, his broadcasting partner. Um, but to, like you said, Linda, to his partner's credit, he didn't react. I think, like, I think he was just like stunned into silence to be perfectly yeah, honest because, true. um, because he just didn't, he just didn't react at all. So, um, I mean, that's good. But yeah, it was completely out of nowhere. Like, it's not like they were talking about Tom Seaver. It's not like they were talking about, like, that era of pitching. It's not like they were talking about what players wear. They weren't talking about any of that stuff. It just came completely out of nowhere. And okay, too, too, you said the same.
1: um, Rojas said the same thing you did. He said, if he was trying to tell a joke, I didn't get it like yeah like what's funny and Jeff Rojas is crazy he came down pretty hard on Bradley too yeah yeah. um he said and you know that goes along a larger the larger issue in baseball but he said you have a platform use it better and that just goes into like all of baseball how these these commentators have a platform and they could use it for good. They could use it for marketing the game. They could be use it for marketing these fun dudes. And all we see is racism, complaining about the game and old man back in my day takes.
0: Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. Um, and he is now, um, taking some time off, um, after in the aftermath of that incident. Um, he he said uh, he said in a statement beginning today, I have voluntarily decided to take some time off to listen, reflect and devote my attention to awareness, training related to diversity and inclusion to enhance my understanding and appreciation of others. I plan to return to the booth next homestand, hopefully a better person.
1: Well, yeah, Which now we're like, uh, sensitivity training course. Like, come on, because exactly. you are who you are. Like he's oh, what, almost oh, 70 years old. And yeah. you didn't know not to say that at this point. Like, this is who you are, dude.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like, these sensitivity trainings, like, don't fix the problem. Like, I mean, you can do them, and fine. And if you learn something, that's great. But it's not going to fix the problem. Um, Like, these white dudes are pretty set in their ways, and it's not going to fix the problem that, like, this is the demographic that broadcasters almost universally are. Yep. Like... And, you know, it's kind of a similar, like, situation with Tom Brenneman in the sense that, obviously, you know, Brenneman's digression was way worse because he used a slur, um, but it's it's kind of a similar situation in the sense that, like, if this is what you say on the air, what do you say when the doors are closed? Yeah. Like this is what you're comfortable just like saying without being prompted and you, and and you're like on the mic and you're with like, how are you, how do you behave when you're just like having a couple beers with your friends, like behind closed doors? Like that. I shudder to think what is said.
1: Somebody on the Cubs said that he, it was somebody who used to play for the Cubs. It said Brenly used to talk about him all the time too. Man, I can't remember who it was, and he said it was usually the like Latin players that Brenly would single out.
0: Oh yes, yes. Oh, I forget who said that too. Yeah, and Josh
1: right. is it Josh Duplantier? He yeah, took, yeah, he brought it up unprompted too in his post game after his most recent start too.
0: Yeah, um, and you know, it's not only like it's good that it's good that you know we've seen. An outpouring of support for Strowman from players and things like that and his manager going to bat for him and defending him that was really good to see um but like yeah, Strowman, even that's a stretch in nowadays exactly <laughs> exactly side-eyeing tony larusa <laughs> who <laughs> literally advocates for his own players being thrown at very cool um just ridiculous shit um so at least luis rojas is defending his player um against this Nonsense. um But like, it's not just you know Bob Brenly's comment. Like, and we've we've talked about this on the podcast in the past in, re- in relation to other players that have posted you know excerpts and screenshots of the nasty messages that they've gotten from fans that contain slurs. But Strowman posted one in the aftermath of this, of like like fans calling him the N word and stuff like that. And th- like, that's like just one example of countless for him like he's like this is every day he deals with this he's just posting one example like make no mistake that is not the only time that has happened to him it happens to him many many times a day
1: yeah and i think there was not even an article about that about how Brenly, you know gave a voice to his racism but you know people you know think they're tough guys on twitter or that we just don't see but in You know and everybody's like oh Strowman's probably too busy blocking people on twitter this is what he deals with every day he can't escape it both publicly and privately so if he needs to block people on twitter for his own mental health then let him do that that's no not for us to judge
0: right like you're like you're calling him soft and stuff like this for for blocking people on twitter but like Are you dealing with, like, hundreds of messages in your DMs of people calling you the N-word every day? If you're not, then shut the hell up. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he can block whoever he wants because he's dealing with a lot of shit. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and he deals with crap. So, you know what? Don't judge him for it. He can do whatever he wants. He doesn't owe you anything just because you're a fan.
0: Right. And, like, people talk a lot about, like, Oh, like his attitude on the mound, his bravado. Yep. And like, I don't know, if I were Marcus Stroman and I was dealing with a shit ton of racism my whole life, like going back to, you know, growing up on Long Island, one of the most like segregated places in the entire country. Um, and Which his dad back,
1: just recently talked about too.
0: Exactly. His dad has spoken openly about it. Um, and, you know, being an undersized pitcher and whose value was not properly valued during his time as a prospect and like going to Duke and probably dealing with more of that shit. Like, yeah, I'd have a bit of a chip on my shoulder too. I'd be, I'd be pumping my own confidence too, because I overcame all of that. Like he should he should exude confidence on the mound because he does overcome all of that. And he did overcome all of that. So yeah, he can pitch with as much bravado as he friggin' wants. (laughs)
1: And and it makes him exponentially more fun too. Right, exactly. Like dancing on second after getting a double. Oh my ring.
0: god, that <laughs> little dance he did on second after the double yesterday was everything.
1: Like Vaz tweeted, he was like, give him like an extension for this dance along. <laughs>
0: everything (laughs) like he just and
1: then he took to twitter again unprompted to just tweet how much like in awe he is of jake like he loves his teammates his teammates seem to love him and we're just so lucky to have some. he's accessible he what like you know he popped up on trevor mays Vlog, he you know is always tweeting with pitching ninja he, he's good for the game he's good for growing the sport and he genuinely wants to grow the sport too and in a time where everybody thinks baseball is dying we have to reach the kids Marcus Stroman is one of the guys you want promoting the sport because he's just you know fun to watch he's a good guy he's a great role model for for the kids you're trying to reach so you know i don't know why people would i mean i do know why they would complain but they really have no leg to stand on
0: yeah and that should extend marcus stroman
1: by yes Um, (laughs) that's imperative at this point
0: which um which uh tom our very own thomas henderson wrote about on amazing avenue today you should go read that article if you haven't already um because it's good and the Mets should extend Marcus Stroman and you should also read um I'd also like to shout out Chris McShane's article on the racist remark about Stroman by yes. Bob Brenly. he wrote a really great editorial about it on Amazing Avenue um how uh, about how Marcus Stroman's uh about how that comment about Stroman illustrates a real problem in baseball which it does like this is obviously like racism is not just a baseball problem but this illustrates the fact that baseball is predominantly an old white man's game and while it remains so that these problems are going to continue and while there is such a you know a wide gulf between the makeup of the the players and the makeup of the people that cover them this is going to continue to be a massive problem
1: yep i was going to say cuz you Know if people keep assuming baseball is old white man sport. The commentary reflects that, yep. They're like, every booth is basically old white men. How, how are you growing the game at that point, Manfred?
0: yeah. Like, I mean, we we uh we heard today the um the mic'd up video with uh Francisco Lindor and like and, yes, Eduardo Escobar oh and like more of that. More of that. I want to hear. I want to hear Francisco Lindor and Eduardo Escobar talk about the game. Like, that's what I want to hear more than Bob Brenly. I don't want to hear what Bob Brenly has to say. I want to hear what they have to say because they're way more fun.
1: <laughs> way more interesting, too. Just from that like five minute clip, they were way more interesting than anything Bob Brenly had to say. I can guarantee you that
0: happy sunday happy sunday it's wednesday oh wait
1: it's wednesday (laughs) (laughs) that's just
0: relatable content right there like if you don't listen to that video which by the way we will link in you know the tweets and stuff for this episode if you don't listen to that video and if you listen to that video and don't love marcus stroman like i i mean not marcus stroman francisco lindor i cannot help you like i I can't
1: help you what also shocked me too was how chatty he was with the umpires! Like he just seemed like he was bored and wanted to check. Like he was like, "Oh, if we run out of mound visits and I visit the mound, what happens?
0: <laughs> I get ejected. Me, <laughs> I get ejected." He was like, "Floor." <laughs> he makes friends with everybody. Like, how can you not love him? <laughs> and uh,
1: there was something else he said too. If it. Was, uh, he kept saying they're not getting any or they're not getting any runs. It was something he kept repeating. I was like, oh, I really like that. But it, he said it in like, Spanish. Nobody yeah,
0: gets I, anything today. Nobody gets anything, gets
1: anything today. today. Yes, yeah. I really
0: like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and I really loved Eduardo Escobar being like, it is a beautiful day in Arizona for play baseball. I was like, oh, my God, these men are amazing. Oh,
1: and that was the other thing too. When Lindor was like, Oh, it's nice today, he was like, When the well, I was to
0: play in Texas by the third inning. I was like, Take me out. Take me out. <laughs> He's like they close the roof. Um <laughs> oh. oh, so good. Just the best. Mic up more players all the time, please.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: they mic up the Mets that one spring
1: training and they went viral because of how fun they were. Yep. That's what we need. That's we- how
0: you grow the game. Yeah, exactly. So yep um but the Mets are Marcus
1: Stroman and Francisco Lindor which is all it comes down to
0: absolutely um the Mets are somehow still playing well (laughs) um they in the past week they you know won two out of three from the Diamondbacks and the only game they lost they lost in walk-off fashion which was frustrating but you know like it was close. Um, and they managed to salvage a um a split with the pod with the Padres after dropping the first two games. Um, they managed to win the second two games. And, you know, all the games were close. Like they played they basically played an even competitive series with one of the best teams in the National League. And if that isn't encouraging, then I don't know what is.
1: Yeah, um, when, I mean, they got they got Pete back, but they're still missing a good chunk of their lineup. Exactly. And they're still
0: VR fielding like was,
1: half a AAA team, basically. Yeah, and VR wasn't 100%. I don't think he started until what, Sunday?
0: I don't think he started at all.
1: Oh, he didn't? Okay. I think he's
0: starting. I think they're they're saying he's going to start on uh tomorrow that that he's gonna start. Sorry. We are recording this on Monday night, by the way. We usually record our podcasts on Tuesday nights, but I'm going to the game tomorrow night. So um so we're recording this on Monday night, June seventh, and you guys will probably hear it on Wednesday as usual. Um but yeah he I think he didn't start at all. I think he came I think on Sunday. I think he came in the game for, pinch hit, definitely. he pinch hit and then he stayed in the game I think I think like, okay. that was like the next step it's like first he was only pinch hitting and then he would like pinch hit and stay in the game and then like tomorrow he's gonna actually like be back in the lineup starting for real Um, I think that was the progression but yeah VR like tweaked his hamstring and seemed to like avoid the IL but he was out for a few days um,
1: and, yeah so I guess they avoided the worst of it but you know he's still not so I mean that was another blow he's been I mean you know you look at his numbers and they don't look that great but he's still been a key contributor to this team while JD's been out right so you can't keep you know stretching the depth as far as it could go until it snaps
0: yeah I mean you know, the, the Mets did, like you said, they did get um, Pete back and they got Kevin Pillar back. So they have like a couple guys back, but like after that, like no one's coming back for a while. They did manage to cut like some of the dead weight. Like when Pete and, um and Pilar came back. They cut Cameron Mabin. They cut Wilfredo Tovar. Like some of those guys that and Khalil Lee got sent down. Like the guys that like straight up do not belong in the major leagues they got <laughs> rid- they managed to get rid of. Um but they still have like they called up Mason Williams, who was like hitting- okay he's been okay. Who's hitting the cover off the ball in triple a he's been okay. Not great, but like, he's a bench player, but like, you know, the bar is better than Cameron Mabin at this point. And (laughs) and he has met that bar. So there's that. And then instead of Wilfredo Tovar, they now have a Travis Blankenhorn, um, who's been an improvement over Wilfredo Tovar. So like they, they have slightly better bench players now. Um, and and, Drury and Drury. um, Kept, uh, and Brandon Jury, and, uh, you know, and Billy McKinney's been great. I mean, yeah. He's, he's an every. I mean, at this point, he's an everyday player still um, and will be until, like, Nimmo or Conforto come back. So... Um, you know that is like set in stone. Like he I actually mean, looks he, like a major league player. Like he's I good. mean, we we're
1: all kind of mad at him because he played a key role in blowing that Diamondbacks game.
0: Yes, yes. Um, yes.
1: but other than that, I mean, what else could you really ask for? Him? He's been he's he's been fine. Yep. One play isn't gonna. I mean, I really wish he didn't make that error. But
0: yeah, but I don't know. Like the run would have scored anyway. I yeah. think so. But the the Mets play at the Padres very competitively and they maintain a three and a half game lead in the NL East at this time. And DeGrom is like fully back now and he's looks great. <laughs> and it's still an absolute joy to watch him every fifth day. Like, I just can't, I can't even put into words how lucky we are to watch it. It's like, it's how, like, it's how I imagine my parents must've felt watching Seaver. Yeah. Like just- this is what it's like to watch the greatest there's ever been at this. Like, and he is
1: right now.
0: He He's... is right now. He is. He has the best ERA through nine starts of any pitcher in baseball history.
1: Well, I kind, I kind of said it tongue-in-cheek, but also kind of serious. Um, I tweeted something like, when do we start talking about this stretch um, that Jake's on with – 99-2000 Pedro, which everybody I mean, thinks is uh, like one of the greatest in, you know, history. But you know what? It deserves to be up there with 99-2000 Pedro.
0: We need to be having that conversation. Yeah. Because that's the level of dominance he's on now.
1: Right now, he's better than Pedro.
0: Yeah, right now, he's better than Pedro. It's was it it's
1: Was it 99 Pedro that they compared it to or was it 2000 where it was Jake... Pedro and I Bob was, Gibson.
0: I think it was 99 Pedro in the graphic. Yeah.
1: Topic. Like, and he was better than both of them through their first yeah. nine stars of their yeah. historic seasons. So yep. I don't like, I, my brain can't copy, but it also at the same time, you still kind of expect this from Jake, which is what makes it so strange. Like, he, this is just what he does. He doesn't get rattled, he doesn't get ruffled, he doesn't fall apart. He just, goes out there and does his thing and makes the batter sit down. (laughs) Yeah. But he's doing it just such a, like, an elite level now. And I guess, you know, the hundred miles an hour helps too. Yeah.
0: Like he was in his most recent start, especially, he was like sitting 101. Yeah. And I was like,
1: what the hell? I don't know if that was because he was rested or because, you know, he was off. You know he had the two weeks off that he just kind of feels rejuvenated. But I, like I think it was the first time in Statcast previous start since they've been record from I don't know when they first started recording with Statcast, but that he was the first player ever to average 100 miles per hour with his fastball.
0: Yep, yep. Like I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know. I don't know either. It's like, Uh, well,
1: like, like Steve Gelp said, you wish you had words, but you don't, there are no words to describe him anymore.
0: We're watching something otherworldly happening with him. And it's, I mean, and the other record that he is now chasing is he is with his most recent start, he became, he moved up to fourth all time in career strikeouts um, for as, as a Met. Um, now he's only behind Seaver, Gooden, and Kuzmen, and all those dudes threw like way more innings as Mets than he has yet. Yeah. So, like, and we're talking about, and he passed Sid Fernandez, who he he who he has thrown way fewer innings than Sid. Um, so, he, and he's already passed him in strikeouts. So, it's it's something really special. Like, I don't know. It's like it, again, you struggle to find something different to say. But I I try not to take it for granted um, because, you know, it's as Gary Cohen always so promptly puts it, it's uh, uh, it's routine brilliance every week. And I just try to remember that this is like this isn't something that you should just expect. This is something that you cannot take for granted. And I am awestruck every time I watch him pitch because he's so good. He's the best. He's the best there is. He's the best yeah. there is. He's the best pitcher in baseball, and potentially might go down as one of the best pitchers that has ever thrown. Um, I know, like
1: that's just cool. Like the fact that he's a Met. Like that. It's people, so cool.
0: It's like, so cool, man.
1: That like other teams take notice. Other other players take notice. Like when they walk away shaking their heads. Kyle Freeland going wow after he struck out. <laughs> And you
0: just get a million pitching ninja gifts every time. (laughs) Or that one from last
1: year, when Freddie Freeman was just like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) (laughs) Like, he was so annoyed. (laughs) And then he ended up shaking his head and like getting back in the box. Like, I have no chance at hitting this, but I got to (laughs) try.
0: Right. Right. It's just, he's just unhittable. Like, I don't know how. I don't know how anyone even fouls the ball off against him Ugh. like it's just you know I remain I mean like I remain amazed by Jazz Chisholm because he's the only one that's turned around one of those DeGrom fastballs like all yeah. year yeah. every other I feel like every other home run DeGrom has given up or every other like hard hit ball DeGrom has given up this year period has been on some sort of mistake yeah. Like he makes you know Every pitcher makes, like, one or two mistakes a game, at least. Um, and, you know, with DeGrom, it's one or two minimum, and you just have to punish it when it happens because it won't happen again. Um, but that home run he gave up to Jazz Chisholm was not a mistake. That was high heat that he was trying to strike him out on, and he he turned it around and put it in the seats, which is incredible. Like, that's the only time I've ever seen that happen, which is how you know Jazz Chisholm is going to be a damn good baseball player. Yeah. Um, also,
1: I found it funny, too – um, he said he got tired in the seventh. Yep, and him tired is a one-two-three inning, two strikeouts, and striking out Will Myers on three pitches. Yep, Th- yep. that's Jacob was Like, tired. yep,
0: I'm getting tired, and I, and I just- can't do
1: this anymore, Skip. And what, what was really hysterical was I watched a pitching injury gif of the Will Myers at bat, and he he wasn't like he wasn't even close to hitting the ball. His bat was nowhere even like it wasn't even in the same zip code as the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so
0: good, man. Jake
1: said he was tired. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. And I mean, like you know, it's 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 part. It speaks to how special he is that he has the self awareness to be like, "Yeah, I'm done. Like, I can't go another inning." Which most pitchers would be like, "Send me back out there, coach."
1: Well, I think that's important too, that he's knowing more than he needs. They'll need him at the end of the year.
0: Yeah. He knows that he needs that extra day of rest sometimes. And you're at the, if you're the Mets, you give Jake whatever he wants. Yep. You, you, you make everybody else work around Jacob Degrom's schedule. If he needs the extra day, he gets the extra day. If he can throw six innings, he throws six. If he can throw seven, he throws seven. Like, he he dictates, which not that the, the not every player is afforded that luxury because not every player is self aware enough. Because usually, I always say, I mean, this is a la Matt Harvey in the twenty fifteen World Series. Like, not every player is self aware enough. They're all competitors. They want. You know, they want to go out there. They want to be the guy that that their team relies on. Um, and you can't blame them for that. So it's up to the manager and up to the team to be the adult in the room and police them and be like, yeah. no, you're done or you're going to get hurt. Jake is one of the few players who's self-aware enough that you just like listen to whatever he says about his own body.
1: <laughs> and like he even said, I'd rather miss two starts than two months. So exactly. it seems like he's very in tune with his body. He knows what he can do and what he can handle. But at the same time, it's not a knock on Jake because if it was October, he would be like, I'm going back out there. Right. Like, you would probably have to drag him from the mound because you know, he doesn't show it. But Rojas says it, you know, the poor triple, the poor single A kid said it, his teammates say it. They're like, he's just one of the most competitive people out there. And you can't
0: have the success that he's had if you're not,
1: you know. If you're not, no. So he does have that mentality. And so I and I think he's the perfect balance of both of that just intense competitiveness that you want for the home stretch for October, but also being self-aware enough to be like, nope. Like, we well, you saw him shake his head that one day when he was like, nope, can't do it. And they took him out of the game. So it's better to be smart now and for him to know that so that come October, he knows I'll, I'll be there and I can get it done.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the other point that I would be amiss Oh, if and I he's did...
1: probably starting the All Star game, right? Where we're in oh, agreement I mean, about that.
0: It's yeah. a given. <laughs> <Yeah>. unless, <laughs> unless he gets hurt again, knock on. No,
1: don't even, even put that wood. in the universe
0: um unless unless something happens yeah absolutely i think it's a given at this point um like who else like you know um and and we were talking about this recently burns i guess yeah and we were talking about this recently like if he continues i can't imagine the like it's i mean we say this about jake every time that it would be impossible if he continued at xyz pace that he's going and then he does it so like who knows um but i i like it's next to impossible that he will carry a 0.62 ERA for the whole season. Um, But, you know, even if he doesn't do that, it's if he continues to carry something ridiculous, you know, like below two or whatever, um, then I imagine that he is a Cy Young lock. And like, if he locks up that third Cy, like to me, I don't care if he retires at the end of this season. Like he's a hall, he's almost a lock for the hall of fame at this point. Like, yeah, that is, I know that he hasn't thrown that many innings compared to the other greats of this generation, the, the Kershaws, the the Scherzers, the Verlanders, the Madison Bumgarners, like those guys. I know he hasn't thrown the number of innings that those guys have thrown, but he's already had, uh, like if this, if this season continues the way it's continued and he pulls it through through the end of the season, he's already had a Hall of Fame career essentially at that point.
1: Well, like, he's doing things that you just aren't seeing. He's pushing the sport forward. Right. He's, you know, he's found a way to throw 101 just by, like, pure mechanics, basically. Like, he even said, if I try to throw harder, I'm not going to be able to do it. I need to focus on, you know, having a clean delivery and, you know, having everything in sync. And that's where his power comes from. So... You know, if, you know if he's the guide for future pitchers. You know, that to me is a game changer. Or <laughs> if they end up, God, I hope not. But if they move the mound back a foot, or you know, whatever else they're fooling around with, because he's too good, like they did with Bob Gibson, Ugh. like that's like you're so good, they have to change the sport. It tells me something. Yep, and th- if that's not a Hall of Famer, I don't know what is.
0: Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm. We're gonna get back to that point in a minute, but I would be, <laughs> I would be amiss if I did not at least mention the fact, um, while we're still talking about the Mets, um, that. Francisco Lindor and James McCann and Dominic Smith are all hot at the same time. And Pete
1: is, too, Pete a little bit too.
0: And Pete, which is great to see it, especially Lindor and McCann. Yeah. McCann
1: is unbelievable right now.
0: So good to see. Um, and, and, and it's not just, you know, that they're seeing the ball well and that they're getting their hits, they're hitting for power. Both of them, especially McCann. McCann hit three home runs last week. Yeah. Um, Which is, like, after, you know, seeing him, like, barely be able to reach the warning track. um, Like, it's (laughs) Did he even do that?
1: All I remember is ground
0: balls. (laughs) He hit a lot of ground balls. He hit a lot of ground (laughs) balls. He wasn't hitting the ball in the air, like, at all. But when he did, it was, like, you know, even when he hit the ball, like, as hard as you thought he could hit it, it was, like, warning track power. But... I'm glad that James McCann actually has power like we expected. um, (laughs) And he didn't turn into a pumpkin
1: overnight. (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. I mean, like, you know, there was always a debate about whether his adjustments that he made both on the hitting side and on the catching side, whether they were for real. And, you know, the fact that he started out so poorly made everyone question that. And also he's never been like a full time catcher before so you know all of these things made you question but it kind of looks like he's at least on a hot streak if he's not fully turned it around then you know he's at least getting there um so that's really
1: did point out during the game that maybe it was a coincidence maybe not um that he started hitting when he got moved to first base so he didn't have to focus on the mental strain of catching every day and that takes a lot out of you, having to be mentally in every pitch, every game, um, and then have to worry about um, about hitting after that. Um, and plus, he had to learn a whole new pitching staff, had to move his family. I'm sure he was dealing with a lot and, he, and everything in his um In spring training and the off season, his introductory press conference—it seemed like he was doing a lot of homework. So he was on the same page with these pitchers when spring training started. So it's uh, if he needed a mental break, and if first base provided that, which he was actually fine at too. Yeah, amazingly, um, (laughs) he
0: did not. He looked like competent out there.
1: He did,
0: which was great.
1: Yeah. So if that helped him relax a bit, and now he can get back to hitting then maybe they need to think about a platoon more with him and Nito because they really were riding him for a long time but Nito's you know Nito's still I think a backup but he's not but he'll still hit I think Yeah. yeah I don't think he's just gonna be I don't think he's an everyday catcher but he's he's completely fine as a backup
0: yeah for sure for sure and like you know, this is the way it should, the way that it's played out with McCann and Nito these past few weeks is exactly the way it should play Uh-huh out. Nito got hot, he played. And then McCann got hot, now he's playing. That's exactly how it should work. Like, you know, it's good. The Like, Rojas, I mean, for all the things that Rojas has done wrong, like, this is a thing he's doing right. Absolutely. The the catching timeshare. He's doing it right.
1: And it seems they're both fine with it. Like, when Nita was playing, he said James, they would, like, talk scouting reports. They would, you know, he said he would talk about him, like, facing when he was batting he would even go to McCann and say hey what is this guy for our he would go to him for tips so it seems like they're completely fu- this is not a clubhouse you're going to have issues in it's just, Right. they're not that's not who these guys are
0: yeah exactly and it's been, it's been great to see and like it's good to see that you know even after his stint like even after um Alonso came back um and McCann's stint at first base was over like that his hot streak carried over so it's not like you know, first base was, like, solely yeah. responsible. So, like, even if it might have been the spark plug, like, it's carried over. So it's not like it was a fluke just because of that. Um, it might have
1: just been, like, the thing that made it click. Like, oh, right. That's how I hit. I forgot. Right. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> um, and, you know, Lindor, I was, I was never, I mean, like, was it you know was it fun to watch like him struggle at the plate Ugh. no but like was i nervous that he like that a, a an elite to good baseball player suddenly forgot how to play baseball no <laughs> like well and then you there was a stupid article was it I who wrote What's it. wrong with Francisco window? Yeah, where they part, called it a three-year slump. Part thirty of a thirty-three part series. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forget
1: who wrote it. If they called it a three-year slump, and it's like okay, sixty games is not. You, I don't think you can count that from last year. It was one bad month in 2019. Like he finished poorly, but overall, 2019 he had a good year, and then now like two months in 2021. That's not a three-year slump.
0: No, no, ridiculous.
1: That's maybe a year and a half, if that. Yeah. So and like everybody, just calm, just calm down. Jeez. And poor relax. Lindor when he was like, maybe when I get home they won't boo me anymore.
0: <laughs> I hope. So. I hope they won't. Yeah. But can't put anything past these assholes. To- yeah,
1: they should never should been booing to begin with.
0: I would. Like, every single person who booed Francisco Lindor, you can personally catch these hands. Like, I, <laughs> like, get out of here.
1: Well, even now, like, when they're like, oh, retweet to win a Lindor baseball. It's like, anybody who booed him should not be retweeting that. You, you are not, not eligible
0: per the contest
1: rules. No. Or if you've tweeted anything bad about him or bought up his contract, you do not get to retweet for a Lindor signed ball.
0: Nope. For Lindor stands only. Yes. <laughs> they should put that in the rules. <laughs> <laughs> they should put it in the contest rules. Lindor stands only.
1: <laughs> and that's all that needs to be said. Lindor stands. Oh, we think that the podcast title. <laughs>
0: Lindor stands only. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um so yeah, I it, like it's really good to see the two like the two biggest off season acquisitions, like, you know, didn't forget how to play baseball. You know it's fine. They're they're fine now. Um and So hopefully what they that needed will
1: continue. Too, honestly, on this road trip, they needed them to get hot. Yep, because you could not continue to rely on McKinney, Drury. Yeah. Like they
0: were fun for a while, but you need you need your big boy. You need other guys. You need other guys <laughs> yeah. to hit. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, they they play the Orioles now, and the Orioles are obviously in the basement. They're in the last place. They had lost like. Uh, a lot of games in a row um they weren't
1: they like it was them in the diamondbacks kind of like
0: yeah yeah they had lost like a lot of games in a row i can't remember how many it ended up being like 12 or something it was a lot um and so you know they're in the basement by a lot they're not a good baseball team um but they do hit like so the mets can't sleep on them they do hit um and they 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 dropped a whatever like 17 runs the other day like they can hit um so we'll see what happens. The Mets get a reprise of the Matt Harvey matchup um, in this in this upcoming series, two-game series with the Orioles, but then they're right back at the Padres again. So um, I mean, so even they gotta... if they
1: split, I mean, I'd rather they not split with the Orioles, but even if they split, I think they still have a winning road trip.
0: Yep, that's correct. Um, so,
1: and I would absolutely take that every time.
0: Because they're one game over 500 on the road trip now. So yeah. if they split, then that's one game over 500 on the road trip um but yeah we should try to aim to sweep yeah Um, sorry birdland sorry birdland uh i love you i I mean i really i want them to win tomorrow because i'm going um david peterson uh is looking to uh bounce back from his uh most recent outing which was not possible um so we'll see what happens there. Um, and then Matt Harvey obviously has not been good lately. Ever since his first start against the Mets, he's been poor. Um, and so he will match up against, I think it's Taiwan Walker in the other game. Um, and then, yeah, Peterson against Bruce Zimmerman, who is arguably their best starting pitcher now that John Means is on the injured list. And he's oh, like, Oh, he you did go on the injured list? Yes.
1: Uh-huh.
0: um So, you know, Bruce Zimmerman is like a fifth starter. And he's like. <laughs> their best <laughs> starting pitcher so yeah with the orioles it's really about it's about the the hitting and the, the pitching is what makes them bad so the mets hopefully will take advantage we'll see um and then padres again so they better get ready um but they have the two off days this week that will that will help them um uh, manipulate their rotation the way they want um but then they're not off again for a long while and have many double headers in june
1: <laughs> yeah oh so. Who are the Who are the rest of the the division playing? Are they all playing divisional games right now? Because um, no. I know the the I Phillies mean, and Nationals, the are Marlins just playing were playing each the other. P-
0: the Pirates recently. Yeah. Um, I can look at the schedule for. I mean. So the Marlins are playing the Red Sox right now.
1: The Phillies are playing the Braves, I think, coming up.
0: How yeah, tomorrow.
1: The Phillies are home for the Braves.
0: Yeah, okay. Phillies, Braves. Yeah, Marlins, Rockies so it's like a mix of Nats race so like some of the other teams are also playing AL East opponents like the Mets are playing the Orioles okay um so we've got like that Red Sox series with the Marlins and yeah so like you've got some AL East some interleague play and some divisional and then like some other NL so it's not heavy division games this
1: The Philly's Brave series is is big for them since yeah. they're both battling it out for second place for
0: second place <laughs> <laughs> Just say right Both now. Trying to oh, scrape good to 500. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, um, you're so battling we'll for see. second. How cute.
0: So we'll see. Um so we uh, the second half of the show, the baseball segment this week, um is you know, and I said we would get back to the point about deGrom and how what he's doing is really special and you know there there has been some discourse uh, because mm-hmm. um mlb released its plan to enforce um foreign substance use by pitchers which has been you know a a really you know um, widespread um, and highly discussed issue in baseball this year because, along with the new ball or like the the baseball, like this is an era in which, or at least a year. I don't know if we can call it an era yet, but this year in which pitching has been utterly dominant. You know, offense is down across the league. Batting averages are down, and you know, strikeouts are up. Um, ERAs are down. Like you know, it's it's pitching dominant and um a big part of that has been that you know it's kind of a gentleman's agreement across the game that almost every pitcher's cheating or at least it's like a pretty widespread not almost every pitcher maybe but like a like you know a large subset of the pitchers are using pine tar um tack other sticky substances rosin and sunscreen mixed together whatever you want to call it um various sticky substances um To increase their spin rate which is causing pitches to break um really quickly um, and you know become basically unhittable um and so that's been you know a building it's been coming to a head for a few years now and finally mlb has said enough like it's kind of becoming like the new steroid era where they're like we're getting rid of this like we're just getting rid of it um so they're going to start enforcing i mean it was already illegal to use these things it's just that Like, the teams kind of were left to police each other on it, and, like, they don't because they know if, like, my, if our team calls out the other team, then they're just gonna call out our guys we know are cheating. So no one's been calling out the other guys. Um, but now MLB has been saying starting June 14th, pitchers will randomly be checked as they leave games, about eight to 10 random checks per game. Um, and if the pitcher is found to be using foreign substances, the um, pitcher will be landed with a 10-day suspension without pay.
1: Um, well, and even Mike Schilt... Bought that up when he had his player's hat removed and then he got ejected from the game. Yep, yep. Um, he was like, You're cracking down on the wrong things. Like you should be looking for like you know, the the true illegal stuff that, like you said, increases sprint rate, but you want to keep the stuff that affords these guys some measure of control too. Right, right. Which he- we saw with Pilar. Anything like I, I would think from a player's perspective, another reason why they don't say anything is you want the guy on the mound hur- hurling a 95 mile an hour ball at you to have some measure of control, so right? I don't exactly. think the players are complaining about sunscreen,
0: right? Exactly, like you know, it's it, you like the new ball is by all accounts like harder to grip, it's like smoother, yeah. and so like the pitchers are, and the pitchers are throwing harder than ever. And so they're having trouble controlling it. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's like a huge issue. um, And it gets people hurt as we saw with Kevin Pillar. And so I think, you know, the players are fine with pitchers doing what it takes to be able to grip the baseball. But when you take it to a certain extreme, then you've got guys who are middling to mediocre, starting pitchers becoming (coughs) all-stars. (coughs) 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 and that's what they want to prevent um is guys just like using this stuff to just like blatantly make a mockery of the game like just like smothering pine tar all over the baseball and like basically your hand is like looks like freaking you dunked it in a can of maple syrup like that's what they're trying to prevent um and i think that that is warranted i i hate i hate the i I hate this. I hate this cheating. I think it's a a, a scrouge on the game. Like it's it's terrible. Well, and um, also,
1: like you know, you we you called out the hitters for trying to get an advantage with the Astros. It's the same deal, basically. You're you're at a hitters are at a distinct advantage as is, and now, um, now you're just making it ten times even harder to to hit a baseball. And when you also do it because you know your contract is coming up and you want to get paid, you might want to, you know, get a little edge, which other people did. Right. But Um, uh, Trevor May had a point, and I'm trying trying to find his tweaks. He... He was talking about this. And he, Trevor May's really interesting. Like, he he knows the game and likes talking about the game. Yeah. So, um, let me. Now he's, it's all his cherv tweets. I got to get through the cherv. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I mean, we didn't mention we that didn't in the Mets. Mets the we didn't mention that in the Mets segment, but um, <laughs> uh, note number infinity in the Mets are fun ledger. We have the new Mets celebration, which is like (laughs) apparently the new Mets celebration is they flash like two like okay signs with their hands where you put like your pointer finger on top of your thumb and you do the A okay and they like and they like Put the two AOKs up, and they like move their arms up and down. And apparently, the source of that is that they want Joey Lucchese's curve to be recognized as like an official pitch on the scoreboard, so that it doesn't say curveball every time he throws a pitch. It- it'll say curve. So the 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 um the thing is also like a ch. So it's supposed to. So every time they put up the AOK, it's like curve, curve, curve. And so so they've been tweeting like. <laughs> like a cherv in all caps over and over with like a million of those like aok emojis so it just says like chirp chirp <laughs> chirp
1: chirp chirp
0: chirp and, and then the Mets account man starts t- tweeting t- <laughs> and everyone is tweeting it. it's amazing <laughs> this <laughs> <too> <laughs> is so fun you guys well and
1: it was also Luke Casey's birthday so i don't know if that had something to do with it too because yeah, stroman did say give my boy Luke Casey some love it's his birthday
0: I just like love how this team supports each other. It's Like so we awesome.
1: talked about this before we started recording. Like they split a big series with the Padres, like the first place Padres. And they take to Twitter afterwards to tweet chirp 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 chirp
0: chirp chirp. And to
1: defend Jake.
0: And to defend Jake, which I was which I was getting to in this segment, so yes. like um now like a big thing and this is already old like I already hate it like it's been happening for like two days and I'm already over it so like the new thing now that we know that MLB is going to be enforcing this stuff is that like every single like rando on Twitter is a detective now and so they like like people will just post like grainy videos of their TV like when they're watching baseball games and every time a pitcher like touches his glove or goes to his belt they're like this dude's cheating and so of course a random a random like dodgers fan and of course like a, it's a Dodgers, it's a dodgers fan of all things it's like you have the most blatant obvious cheater on your team like who are you to talk shit um of course a random dodgers fan like tweets a video of DeGrom and is like of course they'll go after bauer and cole but not jacob to cheats and everybody's just like dude Like, no, what is wrong with you? And everybody like, and everybody's asking him. And of course, like he just like totally didn't like like, he just, like, dropped that tweet and walked out, basically, of course, because he's a coward. And so basically everybody in the replies is, like, please provide, like, any sort of evidence other than, like, he adjusted his belt one time, which is something that he does after every pitch and has been doing his entire career because he's skinny and his pants are too big. Yeah, somebody actually
1: found him from 2014 doing the same thing. Literally the same thing.
0: Like, he's constantly adjusting his belt because his pants are too big. And, like, and even if, like, and listen, like, we have no evidence one way or the other. And I'm not going to pretend, I'm not going to sit here and be like, DeGrom is clean. There's no way that he's cheating. Like, I'm not going to pretend that there's like, because it's it's very widespread. I'm not going to pretend that there's nothing. But what I will say is that the data do not support the accusation. Because when you see dudes who are obviously using like the pine tar and the very obvious like tacky stuff, like Bauer, who basically admitted to doing it, um, more or less, and Cole. Um, you look at their spin rates, and they have this like sharp spike, and it's very obvious. With Degrom, that is not the case. And spin rate is not what causes him to be elite. It's the fact that he's like added velocity every single year, like a freak of nature. But like sticky stuff doesn't help you throw harder.
1: No, which is what Yamamoto tweeted. I was like, you go Yamamoto. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: and so and so the entire team, like, so this rando Dodgers fan like posted the video. It was like Jacob cheats, and it's like, wow, you're so clever. Please tweet more jokes um like Mets the <laughs> Mets players found this tweet I guess because it got enough attention from like the Mets from Mets Twitter and so uh, I forget like who started the thread was it Stroman? it was Nito it was Nito that's right oh yeah Nito because like obviously his catcher so Nito like quote tweeted it was like can confirm that, like, the goat doesn't use any substances. If he did, then you wouldn't be able to even foul the ball off against him. And then he, like, tagged the next guy in line. It was McCann. I think it was McCann. Like, can you confirm? And McCann was like, (laughs) can confirm that the goat doesn't cheat uh, cc like marcus, marcus stroman. stroman and Stroman was like yeah he's the goat always like he doesn't cheat cc taiwan Jeff walker Ray. and it was just went on oh, yeah, and no, on it down taiwan the line <laughs> it was like six different mets were just like jacob de does not use foreign substances so it was amazing like they just came out en masse to be like shut the fuck up he's not cheating <laughs> like and i mean like so- and Yamamoto jumped in too without being cc'd <laughs> exactly being like sticky substances don't make you throw one oh one bro, like <laughs> um, which is amazing, and so like i I like to believe that like so obviously the data already showed that it's unlikely that he's at least doing the very blatant like pine tar stuff that like Bauer and Cole are doing um and and you know, I like to think that these players are not stupid and are self aware enough to know that if he was doing it they wouldn't vehemently be denying it on mass in tw- on twitter because yeah. then they would look really freaking stupid if he got caught um so i think you know like because it
1: was completely unprompted and you know- did not have to quote retweet that like no
0: not at all no one made him say that he clearly like wanted to set the record straight on it um and so you know am i gonna pretend that jake doesn't use like maybe a little rosin mixed with a little sunscreen sure whatever but it's it's pretty clear that he's not doing the blatant stuff that they're really looking to crack down on um that's really giving pitchers an advantage beyond just like being able to grip the ball the like spin rate stuff um spider tack or whatever they're calling it what's yeah. um Would there was like for like lifting for strongman yes it's like it's like when you're lifting like heavy stuff and you need to be able and like the thing that's actually limiting you from being able to lift it is not your actual like arm strength it's your grip on said mm-hmm. thing and so they create these like super sticky substances for strongman competitions and lifting, and and apparently it's been repurposed for baseball. And the guy that like invented it for strongman didn't even know that like all these yeah. pitchers are using his like <laughs> patented whatever it is, spider tack or whatever they call it. Yeah, spider tack. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, there was an athletic article about this today. Um, yeah,
1: I thought I saw something. Yeah,
0: spider tack represents the logical extreme in an arms race for better spin and nastier movement that has gone to this point unchecked by the league. Until a crackdown comes, spider tack is still one smear on the artist's palette that is a pitcher's glove. Um, pine tar, a sunscreen, rosin mixture, and bubblegum spit are more commonly used but spider tack is easy to hide and wickedly effective it's almost too sticky it takes wd-40 or baby oil to get it off your fingers oh like imagine having something that freaking sticky like Ugh. of course your spin rate is like ridiculous
1: oh, yeah like something stupid oh, because, the, the,
0: thinks- the, because the ball is like fucking super glued to your hand. your hand
1: like the ball was stuck on Molina's chest protector that
0: time. Yeah, and they, for the record, they're gonna ke- they're gonna check position players too for this because you know, like the like the catchers can be doctoring the balls and then throwing them to their pitchers. So back. they're they're also gonna check position players. It's not just gonna be pitchers. So, yeah,
1: Trevor um, May basically said check the blatant people and then bro- problem solved because he thinks they're creating a bigger issue than there is actually one
0: right yeah which, which I, he I has know. a point. I tend, yeah I tend to agree with that I tend to yeah. agree with that like I can't pretend to know like I have no inside sources on this and like I'm not a baseball player and I don't know baseball players so like I can't pretend to know like how widespread the actual problem is but like I think that it's I think that it's widespread enough that it is a problem that they should police and start enforcing the rules that are already there but I think most pitchers just want a level playing field. Yeah. And I mean, that is what Trevor Bauer is saying now as like his excuse. And so he's like, he's clearly like making himself out to be some martyr. Like, I just wanted a level playing field. It wasn't fair that other guys were doing this. So I started doing it. And this is all I've wanted all along was to call attention to the issue. It's like, you want to get fucking paid yeah and you did you you want to get the bag and you got the bag congratulations like i was gonna say your
1: timing was a little suspect there dude
0: like now just stop talking forever like i'm sorry man like if you want to act like some martyr and be like "Ooh, the league is only focusing on me it's like yeah when you have your girlfriend trot out there and like legalize pine tar Mm -hmm. t-shirts on instagram like yeah i think the league's gonna focus on you (laughs) i was
1: gonna say like you can't complain when you made it so obvious like this is what you wanted
0: you wanted the attention here's that attention you ordered bauer yeah like here here's one one uh, order of attention congratulations <laughs> now you have a 10-day suspension and a fine <laughs>
1: Which you can afford to pay, so quit your bitching
0: And then, and there's all this video of Bauer's most recent outing, where like he has no control over his pitches at all because he clearly stopped using the stuff because he's and that his spin
1: rate was like the lowest it's been in like years.
0: It's it's just so blatant. Like with him and Cole, like those were the two. Like their spin, like they both had starts recently where their spin rate was like dramatically down again. It's like yeah, because they're gonna catch you, and so you stopped using the thing. Jake remained the same. Jake remained the same because he's And oh, and Bauer's and giving need up it. more home runs this year. Oh, I wonder why. Hmm. Um yeah, like all of a sudden there's video of him like, you know, throwing a pitch like high inside to Acuña because he can't control shit anymore uh-huh. without his pine well, tar. somebody,
1: oh, uh, there was a tweet. Uh, I can't remember who tweeted it, but the it said like Bauer had like plus 300 rpms on his fastball um cole had like plus 200 and then jake had like plus 72
0: it's
1: yeah. like he's not he's nowhere close to what they were doing
0: right like he was his his spin rate has increased but like you know like gradually like slowly not yeah, like wasn't it wasn't in a three-month span like yeah. some other people right so it's just like come on man I don't know i Wait, mean we'll I, I think i retweeted it let me see if i can it's june 14th it. that they're starting it and you know i was talking to my dad about this recently and he was saying like you know these pitchers these pitchers can't pretend the league blindsided them with this they did the right thing and said starting this date we're gonna start policing it yeah, so they give you better, them two weeks
1: notice you basically. better get your
0: house in order before then like if you want to like quick stop using it and get used to it before you get caught then fine but if you want to keep use keep using it you you've been given plenty of notice and when you get caught don't get surprised
1: okay it's not like they like
0: sprung it on them
1: no um average spin rate difference on all this is from mets metrics that's the uh the twitter account average spin rate difference on all pitches from 2017 per stat cast trevor bauer plus 547 rpm Garrett Cole 313 rpm jacob de grom plus 72 one of these things is not like the other
0: exactly exactly
1: um and also i think it's he just gets it from adding velocity like that's just a natural
0: right like your rpms are going to increase when you throw harder too
1: yeah so then that just kind of went hand in hand with that coal yeah. and bauer are probably still throwing about the same velocity but their rpms have increased exponentially right like exactly. that didn't go hand in hand right
0: and like you can you know you can with legal means like you know optimize your delivery and and correct imperfections in your motion and get a little boost but like that'll only get you so far Like, you can't, there comes a certain point where you, like, literally can't spin the ball any better, like, without, you know. Without help.
1: Without help. Which Trevor Bauer himself proved.
0: Yes. Like, and has, like, openly discussed. Yep. So, you know, here we are. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. I'm glad the league is cracking down on it because it was getting kind of absurd. Um... So we'll see what happens with it. We'll it'll be interesting to see who gets popped and who doesn't. Oh, and
1: there was sure. also that video of Darvish doing something. Yeah.
0: And like, you know, I'm sick of that. Like everybody's posting videos now. Every time a pitcher touches his glove, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. Um, so we'll see who gets caught and who doesn't. It'll be interesting. Um before we um, move on to walk-off wins, um, I did feel it was, you know, important to mention that June is um, Pride Month, um, and that means that on cue teams and Major League Baseball will trot, trot out all this rainbow merch without actually doing anything about LGBTQ representation in baseball. And it's it's been kind of disheartening to see how Pride has become this, like, capitalist rainbow nightmare it's a marketing
1: campaign exactly
0: it's a marketing campaign now it's just they, they like slap a rainbow on a thing and then they sell and then they sell it and it's just like that's not what this is supposed to be about
1: <laughs> well and i got kind of annoyed because the giants actually did a good thing um they took the field with with the rainbow merchandise but they actually wore it and to see players wearing it makes a difference i think um, but then they sent Gabe Kapler's hat to the Hall of Fame. Out of all the Giants, you uh, pick Gabe Kapler's hat to send to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that that kind of that irks me.
0: Yeah, that does not sit well.
1: <laughs> no, does
0: not sit well. They could have made a better choice.
1: No, and uh, one of the players actually. Um, uh, I'm sorry that I forget what what player it was, but he spoke. Very openly about how important it was. So why couldn't you take his hat and send it to the Hall of Fame?
0: Right, right. And so, it's like, yeah, like all all the baseball teams have rainbow avatars right now. But how many, you know, like out? Are
1: backing it up?
0: How many out gay players are there in Major League Baseball?
1: Like, and there's the Mets with Chick Fil A still yeah, out in exactly. right field.
0: Mets are like Gay Pride, and then they have like freaking Chick Fil A ads on their stadium. I mean, they don't yeah. have the foul poles anymore, but they still like, they still have Chick-fil-A sponsorship. It's they, in the bullpen.
1: Not... It's above the bullpen.
0: Yep. It's above the bullpen. Chick-fil-A the like one of the most like anti like LGBTQ companies that exists. So like, it's just like, stop with the empty gestures, like back yeah. it up with action, please. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, actually like hire lgbtq people to like have jobs in your organization actually like you know don't support companies that are that are homophobic and transphobic like it's not that hard
1: <laughs> i thought they did a good thing last month they had they ran a stop asian hate psa which i was actually you know kind of impressed they were proactive about that But now they've done nothing for Pride Month either. Right, right. So I don't know if they're just like doing stuff that's like the buzzword at the time or if there was actually meaning behind it, if they actually meant what they were saying. But, you know, now they're not backing it up again. Right.
0: And like until Major League Baseball is like a welcoming environment for all all gender identities and all sexualities like i don't want to hear it from them um so yeah i just wanted to show that avatar though Uh uh-huh yeah cool avatar though cool rainbow avatar internet points for you yeah um yeah so i just felt that was worth mentioning um but happy pride month to all of our
1: uh, all of our lgbtq listeners are they having a pride day again
0: um met the mets
1: Yeah, I know Uh, they did a few years ago. They are,
0: I know they're doing a, like, one of, they just released their promotion schedule for June, and one of the days there's a Pride t-shirt. Oh. So I don't know if that's, if that's also a Pride day. Okay. Or not. But they did do one in the past.
1: They did. It was Um, also Thor bobblehead day, so of course it got lost, but they did, (laughs) they did do it. I was there.
0: (laughs) uh let's not water it down with like this other thing that'd be yeah which they
1: absolutely did but
0: um but yeah so it might be that they did are doing that promotional item in like you know to match up with pride day but I don't know if that's actually a thing or if it's just that you know they picked a day in June because June is pride month um but we'll see I guess I hope the Mets have a pride day if they don't then I will write them an email about it (laughs) yes um but yeah we will end the show this week like we do every week with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week baseball related or otherwise linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week
1: uh my walk-off win is yesterday i got to see for the very first time my niece's dance recital yay um in the past they could only get limited tickets so, I was never able to go to any of her recitals. And of course, there was the whole pandemic. Um, so, this was the first time I've actually gotten to see her dance. Like, I've only seen her video. And um, she, my sister said she was excited, that she wasn't nervous. But when she got out there, she did hip hop tap and ballet and you could tell I even asked her afterwards and what was her favorite and she said hip-hop and you could tell hip-hop was her favorite um she got so into it and um and then she danced to the greatest showman and colors to the wind so of course now I'm crying and um she she had to leap in colors of the wind where like every they each got like their own like individual leap and you could see her like really gearing up for it. And she like really ran and then jumped like oh, a couple of the other girls, just like a little hop, but she made sure she leaped across that stage. <laughs> and so, Darn right. Yes. Yeah, like, you go, Emily. Um, so it was just, it was still like, you know, just a proud aunt moment. And I asked her, I was like, did you feel like a rock cat up there? No. I was like, no, why? <laughs> Um, so I think she just got overwhelmed afterwards. But, you know, she, she definitely she definitely did a good job for a seven-year-old in her like first big dance recital. And like they did it in um, it's a historic theater. It's called the Paramount and Peak Skill. Um and so, you know, it's this huge theater, and you know, there was a good amount of people. They limited it, social distance and all that. Um and it's also just nice going there to an event. Yeah, for real. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I sat in a theater. So, I was like, wow, I'm actually at an event like watching something on a stage. Like this is kind of incredible. Um but they also had these little three-year-olds. I think my my nephew might have a girlfriend because he kept saying, where's Annika? Is Annika going? <laughs> so Annika, she was in the three-year-old group and they danced to Under the Sea. It was so Oh my cute. goodness. They just kind of like bounced up and down. <laughs> they got the biggest cheers of the entire night. They danced to Under the Sea and um, be our guest. So they oh had like God. little yellow dresses on, so they all looked like little Lumieres. It was so. <laughs> but and then, um, and then the older girls, the high school girls, danced to "I'm a Survivor" um by Beyonce, and they they were hell incredible. Yeah. yeah, so it was like it was like hell yeah, girl power. <laughs> so everybody, it was just it was just a wonderful event. Proud aunt, um, my whole family Emily seemed to have a blast with it, and she's sticking with it she really likes doing it That's um, great. yeah so way to go emily and i was glad i finally got to go too so and hopefully danny's little girlfriend annika sticks with it too.
0: <laughs> good luck to him and yes, annika and annika congratulations <laughs> the little three-year-old emily. crush yeah little three-year-old crush <laughs> um so my walk-off win is that i'm going to the game tomorrow <laughs> Yeah, um, I like, you know, like I was supposed to go to my first game since the pandemic, like, you know, a couple weeks ago um, and then that game got rained out. And so, oh. I mean, I was always planning to go to this game, but now this game is actually going to be my first baseball game um, after the pandemic. I'm a little sad that my first game after, you know, since 2019 is not going to be at City Field. But it'll be at Camden Yards, and that's, like, the ne- next best thing for me because that's, like, my second baseball home besides Citi Field. Um, so I'm very, very excited for tomorrow night's game. I'm, like, I told my boss, like, I'm logging on at 7 a.m., and I'm logging off at 3 p.m. Is that cool? <laughs> and, like, that's what I'm doing for work tomorrow so I could get off early so we can get to the game nice and early. Um Please, all of our listeners, although by the time that you hear this podcast, I guess it'll be irrelevant because it'll be Wednesday by the time you hear this podcast, but like please please pray to the rain gods for me good vibes good vibes only because like my first game got rained out and there are thunderstorms in the forecast for tomorrow and I think that if I have two straight baseball games canceled that I was supposed to go to that would have been my first baseball game since 2019 I might actually turn into the female joker so (laughs) please for the love of god I don't want it to rain we don't want that um, I think, like, my latest check of the weather, which I've been checking, like, every hour because I have agita about it. Um, it Like, you know, I think the thunderstorms will be, like, passed by the time game starts. So I hope so. Um, but, yeah, I'm so excited. Like, Mets-Orioles is, like, my happy place, um, you know, at Camden Yards. It's going to be a great time. I hope David Peterson makes it past the first inning this time. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean he only is up to go
0: exactly exactly (laughs) it can only be better than his last start
1: i mean he can't get much worse than only one out in the first inning no
0: it's it's pretty impossible um so you know either way like win or lose michael and i will be ingesting an absurd amount of crab fries and i can't wait i'm so excited um so, yeah, that's my walk-off win for this week. Um, in the meantime, you should go to AmazonAvenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. Like I said, we've had a couple of really good editorials go up over the past week or so. Um, Chris McShane wrote that really awesome article about um, Bob Brenly and Marcus Stroman and how this is a problem in baseball. You should absolutely read that. You should also read Thomas Henderson's article about why the Mets should extend Marcus Stroman. Um, that's also a great piece. Um, and we also have, as always, we have game recaps for you. I have your position player and pitcher meters every single week. We have Mets morning news for you every single day. Um, so go to AmazonAvenue.com. Check out all of that fantastic content. You can follow Amazon Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Serafich. You should rate and review the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, and leave a review. It really helps people find the show. The original original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.